Aloha, and welcome to SUP FM, the podcast for stand-up paddleboarders everywhere. So with no further ado, let's get out on the water and on with the show. Here are your hosts, Nick and Simon. Aloha, Simon. <laughs> well, hello, Nick. And very good of you to put an aloha in there, because I know how much you uh, you hate saying it. Not anything detrimental about... Um, Pacific Islanders or anything, but... uh, Yes, I just think that if we're not in the Hawaiian Islands, then we shouldn't really be speaking Hawaiian. But, uh, you know, it's good to get in the spirit of things. Yeah, and I I know you feel like that, which is why I try and uh, repeat aloha in as many different ways as possible to you. But uh, anyway, moving on. (laughs) And and you even put it in the intro of that incredible guy. That's right, that's right. And uh, I've tried to put it in the contact email address for our podcast as well so uh, so yeah yes it's aloha at subfm.com that's right so so nick who are you or where are you at the moment well um should we just deal with the podcast quickly and and the mission of this podcast that you and i both got together to do um ideally what we'd really want to do is is promote stand-up paddle we, we looked around and we realized that there there weren't any podcasts that we can find so far about stand-up paddle There was one that was recorded in 2008, and it has since ceased to be. So, I mean, what what exactly do you think our mission is here with the SUP FM podcast, Simon? Well, exactly what what you said, which is about spreading the gospel of stand-up paddling and also inspiring. Hallelujah. Absolutely. Praise be. And, um, yeah, because it's such a fantastic sport, and it took me such a, a long time to to find it you know um i mean we'll talk a bit about um, my sporting background later on but um but you know it, it's it's such a fantastic sport you can do it in so many different ways um to suit whatever circumstances you are and you know the people who i've met in the sub world are, are really nice as well you know, absolutely yeah and me too as well i mean i think what i'd really love us to do is to try and if we inspire you guys out there to paddle for a healthy lifestyle, that's one thing. Um, we'd also like to try and help you choose a board. We'd like to help you choose a paddle um, to help you find amazing destinations to have holidays in. And it's just because there's so much out there. And as Simon and I, when we were going through this, we couldn't believe how many people, how many interesting people and personalities and stories there are out there in the SAP world. And we just, we want to tell it. So we want to entertain you. And we want to help you. Yeah, absolutely. And then along with the inspiration, as you said, comes the, the tips as well, because, you know, um, stand-up paddleboarding is a really new sport. There are people joining it all the time. There's a huge amount of beginners out there who want to know stuff. Um, then we've got the intermediates um, who have been doing it for a while and just want a bit more inspiration about places to go or new kit or using it in different ways. I don't know whether um, you fancy taking part in a SUP jousting competition or a SUP obstacle course. I've, I've seen all of that sort of stuff out there and more. Um, so, you know, whatever the activity, whatever the destination, whether it's camping and adventure or racing, um, speaking to top races and coaches and so on what my view of it i think yours nick as well is that we want to get as much of that stuff out there to inspire people who are learning to paddle or who already paddle and are looking for new things to do absolutely totally agree i couldn't agree more because it's 
You know, when I first started SUP, I had a little bit of a, a false start. And now I'm absolutely hooked. I just can't wait to get back out in the water every single waking moment. Well, Fortunately, can't always do that. But Well, do you know what? My heart is not bleeding for you, Nick, because um, I did ask you where you came from, where you were talking to me from. And um, obviously, despite the South African accent there, you're in Portugal, in the Algarve in Europe, which is just absolutely fantastic weather for probably um, 345 days of the year. Isn't that right? <laughs> well, yeah. The tourist board says that we get 300 out of 360 sunny days a year. Um, and when I first arrived here in the year 2000, I arrived in early spring. And to be honest, I didn't see a cloud until October. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, can't believe this climate. And all my family from South Africa come over. And where I'm originally from in Cape Town, the weather's pretty good down there too. But but this place is incredible. It really is amazing. It's so, consistently great. So so you get the chance to sup for you know most of the year there if you wanted to. And and most yeah, I've been supping all winter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've been supping all winter. It's been incredible. And and you don't need your five millimeter thick um, wetsuit to do that either, do you? No, I went out on the on Christmas on Boxing Night on the 26th of December. And I was in my full suit and I was sweating. It was really, really too hot. Yeah, so so that's fantastic. And I'm insanely jealous. Uh, I'm I'm speaking to you from uh, sunny England and uh, say sunny England with in quotation marks, because uh, although we're getting through to the um, spring now, and we're getting a bit of sunshine. Um, it, it's, you know, and lots of people do supping throughout the year. And it's something that I want to find out a bit more about. Uh, but uh, we don't approach your sort of temperatures until, well, I guess the odd day in May and, and sort of June and July. So uh, that's our real peak sup season, certainly down where I am. Sure. And it's an interesting topic, actually, supping in the middle of winter, because a lot of people have done expeditions up to the Arctic and um, in the north of Norway and around Greenland and Canada. And I'd love to chat to those guys about how they actually prepare for an Arctic sup. And also, you know, in the far the northern northern reaches of the United States, it's it's get and Canada, it gets really cold up there and the guys keep on paddling as long as there's no ice. Absolutely. So, there's some no, great stuff on on YouTube actually. Um um, came out in the winter 2014 guys just going out and paddling around icebergs and falling in and, and all of that sort of stuff so yeah we should get those guys on absolutely so should we dig a little bit deeper into your past simon where were you born um well i was born in the uk up up north um lost my liver puddly and accent um, since i was i left there at the age of four but uh, mostly I've been living in the, in the south of England. And uh, for most of that time, uh, I've been, sporting-wise, I've been definitely on dry land. Uh, I grew up close to a real sailing area in the UK and a uh, real iconic area, but um, spent most of my time playing rugby and uh, did that for 35-odd years from the age of, of four upwards. Um, and all my family played rugby, so um, so it's definitely I've definitely been a dry land uh, sportsman. 
Um, Where was that done in the south of England? Yeah, yeah. I played for a, a club called uh, Gosport and Fareham, who are, who are a good standard junior side. And both my brothers played for them as well. And my dad did. My mother was a little bit uh, left out in the whole rugby thing. Uh, but um, but no, I had a great time playing rugby. And since then, I've really been trying to look for a sport that would come even slightly close to it. And I spent loads of time running, did some marathons, um, you know, loads of distance events, got into cycling. Again, did, uh, did some huge um, cycle rides over sort of multiple days. And, road cycling or mountain biking? Well, a bit of both, but the distance was all done road. So I did um, John O'Groats to Land's End with um, a team from the British Army. Uh, wow, that's is, a huge distance. That's the length of the British Isles. That's isn't it? right, from top to toe. So it's almost 900 miles to do that. And we did it in nine days. Uh, so that was that was really tough with all of these sort of physically fit guys. I was the only civvy in the in the group, um, and I've cycled down through Europe from northern France down to Spain and around um, Denmark and Germany and so on. But uh, you know, so was that anything approaching the 900 miles on England? Was it the, a similar distance? Well, the the one down through France was because um, I had to go over the Pyrenees as well, just towards the end. But uh, luckily, I was quite fit by that point, having put the hours in. But uh, that was a bit more leisurely than the John O'Groats Land's End one. Uh, but the Pyrenees must be a bit of a hiccup. Wow. Yeah, it was. It was a bit of a speed bump. But uh, I had some I had some really good experiences doing that. Um, obviously, the Basque um, region is a, is a huge sup area, uh, sorry, a huge cycling area. And uh, there are lots of uh, there are lots of sort of very sophisticated looking cyclists. And uh, they looked down their nose a bit at me on my um, on my mountain bike with pots and pans and, and washing, drying, hanging up on the back. But, so we were going up one hill one day, I remember, and this very sleek, slick back uh, Basque cyclist, deep tan, sort of pulled up to the side of me. We were about halfway up this mountain. And he looked at, down his nose at me and then he took off up the hill. And so I thought, right, I'm not having this. So I took off after him. And um, it was about two, three hundred metres further up this sort of quite steep climb. I was obviously quite fit having done the miles up to that point. So he looked back to see how far he had dropped me and was really surprised to see me um, just right on his back wheel. So he almost fell off his bike with surprise. <laughs> and at that point, I thought, well, the, the, the point's been made. Um, I'll uh, I'll let you go. My lungs were, were busting at that point anyway, but uh, but that was that was my sat- most satisfying experience on on that long cycle ride. So it's fair to say you have a very competitive spirit. Um, I think that's probably right. I think that's probably right. And you know, um, rugby took the edge off it. But now now um, since I discovered SAP um, about two and a half oh. years ago, it, it's been uh, it's been fantastic. And I think finally I found my replacement for rugby. So how did you discover SAP? Well, it happened in two stages, really. The first one was um, I was uh, with my family down in France and um, down in Montpellier, and we were we were just walking to this restaurant, um, and there's a network of canals and lagoons and so on around the Montpellier area, and um, we saw a car pulled up, pull up with a huge 
paddle uh, paddleboard and I found that out it was a paddleboard later to me then it just looked like a, a huge long board so I thought oh, this is going to be interesting there's no surf at all down there so um, a very tall elegant tanned Frenchman um, pulled the board off his roof stuck it down in the um, in the lagoon and uh, within three minutes he was off looking very very cool very relaxed and I just thought wow that's amazing that's the first time I've ever seen something like that. I'll have to find out more about it. So fast forward maybe six months after that, um, moved down to the south coast from London and had some friends who came down to stay and see what all the coastal life was like. So uh, we decided that we were going to go down and uh, hire some kayaks and they had stand-up paddle boards there. So a couple of us were up for having a go. So we, we, um, we went out for an afternoon on stand-up paddle boards and just had a fantastic time. And, you know, it didn't matter that it was raining. It didn't matter that it was grey and it didn't matter that we had quite an aggressive headwind. We still had a fantastic time on these boards. And uh, from that point, I was hooked. That's amazing that you can enjoy it in conditions like that. Well, some of us don't have a choice. Yeah, I guess I'm a little bit spoiled down here. So, um, so, so that's that's my sub story, um, and, and since then I've I've just loved every element of it, and uh, want to make you know whatever contribution I can to um, to raising the profile of sup in the UK and worldwide. It's it's just such a fantastic thing to do. You know, you're in touch with out there, in touch with nature. You can race. You can sort of use your competitive side there. Um, you know, it's very social. I like beach barbecues, you know, it, it, it all fits. It's fantastic. Okay. Uh, Sorry, I'll just have to edit this out. Can I pause for a second? Yeah, yeah. No, I can't really. No, it's just weird. I got this Ameri- a call from America. Maybe it's Led Hamilton. Should I get oh, yeah, it? Yeah, 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 definitely. And action. So... Um, you enjoyed SUP a lot, and then, but it's obviously it takes a little bit for somebody to develop it more and make it your work style as well. Because HutchSupware.com came along. How did that happen? Well, um, my career has always been in in retail. I've worked for um, some some prominent brands in the UK, um, and it, retail is something that I know. And um, there's all sorts of surf brands and mixed water sports brands out there but there was nothing that talked directly to stand up paddle boarders and I thought well that's something that's interesting um, to spread the gospel hallelujah um, around um, stand up paddle boarding through the medium of of retailing clothes so um, I pulled some designs together got a very very good supplier and um, thought, well, why not? You know, we should be proud of uh, the, the pastime that we do and, um, and communicate that through the medium of clothes. So that's what I've started with. And uh, I, think, I think it's an incredible. I remember coming across your website for the first time and thinking, oh, wow, this is amazing. People make clothes just for stand-up paddlers. And, and, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, 
it's 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 a it's you know well I clearly think it's a good idea, but um, but yeah I think um, that there are lots of mixed brands out there, and this is one definitely for paddle boarders and um, doing lots of product development at the moment to look at the, the optimum materials and designs for for paddle boarders in the future. But at the moment we've got um, a range of leisure um, items on there, and um, I'm just in, really focused on building the brand, building the products for a specialist stand-up paddleboarder uh, community. Great. Well, I'm a fan because I received some shirts from you the other day and they are incredible quality. They really feel great on the skin. Well, Wonderful. that's fantastic. And and just to be a little bit nerdy just for a second, um, you'll find as well that these aren't shirts that turn into sandpaper after about the third or fourth wash. They really, really last. So, you know, perfect for the sort of salty environment. Well, if you're if you're supping on the on the on the sea, but um, you know, they really are good, hard wearing, soft stuff. But I would say that enough of the advert, Nick. <laughs> yep. So, you are. I can detect from your accent. Well, we've already identified that you're South African. Um, just. Tell me a bit about where you grew up. Well, I was born in Cape Town, right at the southernmost tip of Africa. And from an early age, well, actually from about 14, I started surfing when my brother lent me his surfboard for the first time, pushed me down a, a white water face. Well, he pushed me along a wave yeah. and I managed to stand up the first time and I was absolutely stoked. Uh -huh. I loved it. I just couldn't. I couldn't, it was just amazing that the feeling of the wave pushing you, it's, a, it's quite an incredible sensation for those of you who have tried it, obviously, and I think, um, but I, I graduated to windsurfing, and uh, in Cape Town, we have tremendous winds, we've got a, a local wind called the Southeaster, and it just blows a howling gale, often up to gale force and hurricane force, right. so I'm a rather heavy lad, and I used to take out my largest sail, what possible, and scud across the lakes, and ended up snapping three masts. Wow. And it was getting to be a bit of an expensive sport. And then I took it out on the ocean the next day, and I just bought one of these brand-new uh, anti-cavitational fins. And it was the latest technology at the time in the 80s, uh, late 80s. And I took off on a wave and came down, um, you know, parallel, uh, longitudinally, to, at 90 degrees to the, to the water. Yeah. And it just snapped the, snapped the fin off completely and dropped to the bottom, and I never saw it again. Oh, nice. Expensive. So, yeah, so I thought, well, this is a really expensive sport, and uh, I decided to take up hiking. <laughs> yeah. It's so taken a while to get through those boots, wouldn't it? Yeah, actually, I walked a pair of boots off the other day. Um, they were actually literally walking. I had them for like 12 years, and I walked the soles off. It was incredible. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a good game. But in Cape Town, we're blessed with many incredible mountains plunging directly into the ocean. Uh, both on the Atlantic side and the Indian Ocean side because we separate the two oceans down there. And uh, it's, yeah, it was, I love, loved it, absolutely loved the outdoor feeling. Um, I graduated to become a river guide and after having a holiday in Zimbabwe and just below Victoria Falls in Zimbabwe, there's the, the Zambezi River mm. goes down grade five rapids. Wow. And that was a mind-blowing experience and I thought, oh, I have to become a river guide. So I came back to Cape Town and we've got three rather large rivers close by um, because South Africa is a generally fairly dry area. Mm -hmm. And um, I managed to get onto the team and, and trained up and became a river guide and loved it. I couldn't believe I was actually being paid to do that. Brilliant. So what, what, so, sort of, what was the sort of training involved in this? Because I'm fascinated with this, with this job that you've done. 
Well, basically, um, it was there wasn't a formal training at that time. It, it, you, you were like an assistant. It's almost like, um, what do you call it? it you call, we call people, new people, huntlungers, mm. which are basically guys who are just assistants. Um, what's the word when you have a trade? And you have an have apprentice. A apprentice. Yeah. Thank you, an apprentice. So, so we'd do a certain amount of trips as an apprentice, um, and then you'd do an um, you'd have a qualification done by a senior guide, and then you'd be allowed to lead a trip. So I eventually came um, a leader and took about sixty school kids down for a weekend. It was and yeah, it was it was great fun. It really did, was. Did any get eaten? Eaten by um, the big five? <laughs> well, not probably not the big five. Probably several of them, but. No, back in those days, we didn't have any big five down around Cape Town. Oh. Um, they're all up in the northeast of, of the country in the large game parks. Oh. So we were fairly safe. There were no alligators, no crocodiles, nothing. So Good. just poisonous snakes and spiders. Oh, well, that's easy then. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> walk in the park. But uh, one of the actual um, dangers of paddle of, uh, of paddling on the river is when you're walking up rapids along the rocks on the side and you're holding a, a two-man raft in your left hand and a paddle in the right hand mm. and you trip and fall face first into a rock. Yeah, that's not good, is it? No, I did that on New Year's Eve one day, and uh, I still have a, a chipped tooth from it. But uh, I decided to go a little further and become a game ranger, which wow. involves um, showing wealthy tourists the big five and tracking them. The big five is five of the most dangerous um, African animals in the world, in the, in the wild, which are elephant, lion, leopard, buffalo and rhinoceros so we would track them every morning as the sun rose and take the tourists out to see them wow it was a fantastic experience for two years so that was it that's amazing any close shaves actually yeah well one day it was a sort of early evening just before the sunset we were watching a um, what is called a crash of rhinoceroses and uh, they were just drinking away on the other side of a water hole um, and we're looking at these guys, looking at the, and I, as the newest game ranger on the block, had to have the oldest Land Rover. So this thing didn't start very well, and I turned it off because it was really safe. I mean, these rhinoceros, rhinos were on the other side of the waterhole, mm. but then they started nosing around and looking at us and walking towards us, and you know, eventually this one was walking a little faster and faster, and I tried to get the car started because it broke into a run. Oh, God. And the car wasn't starting and the rhino was coming and the car wasn't starting. And I just managed to get away from the rhino because those guys were, I don't know how many tons, but they could have gored through that Land Rover like a piece of paper. Probably heavier than Land Rover as well, aren't they? Probably, yeah. Blimey, Amazing. So that was a close call. But yeah, there were quite a few. <laughs> so, wow, that sounds spectacular. Um, so so fast forwarding ahead now, you, you moved to uh, Portugal in 2000? That's correct. And I spent 15 years, I've been here for 15 years in Portugal. And um, I've been behind a computer desk for those 15 years, building websites and internet marketing and web development. And I suddenly realized that, you know, what happened to all that amazing outdoor stuff in my youth? I really would like to try and reconnect with that. So I started a blog called outdoorsinportugal.com. And I proceeded to do a little sort of mini adventure every week and write about it. And I found that I was just writing about stand-up paddle because I just discovered stand-up paddling mm. and loved it so much. Really, really, really got hooked. Um, and yeah, I turned that into a business last year with my buddy Pedro. Yeah. And we've been doing lessons and adventures since late last year in Portugal. 
Sounds so. sounds fantastic to be out there, you know, in the number of uh, decent days that you got down there. Just absolutely spectacular. What what was it that really attracted you to stand up paddle boarding? Well, I think um, you you touched on it earlier. But just being immersed in nature and the peace and tranquility that you get—it's almost like meditation for me. Mm. Uh, like I told you, I've been paddling a lot this last winter, and just going out early mornings, like six a.m., as the sun rises and the birds are there—it's just so quiet and peaceful. And I think that is the number one thing. This a close second is getting fit. Yeah. Because I'm 40, 45 years old, and I'm you know approaching sort of middle age or in middle age, and I'd like to try and and keep fit and I was amazed how much of an all over exercise you can all over workout you can get from stand up paddling it's incredible I know it, is, I, it, so. it amazed me actually because you know you, you take the sort of upper body stuff uh, for granted you know you're moving the paddle and so on but what really surprised me is is, is how my legs felt after a, a, a decent sort of a decent session you know, after a, a couple of miles they're they're really do um you do really feel it don't you sure especially on the ocean as well if you want to beef up your legs just go out on a rough day that's perfect but the a a third point about it as well is that i used as i said i used to surf back in the day and um i really miss that and i love surfing on my paddleboard it's it's really good fun so getting back to that's another another plus excellent so it's kind of connected everything together hasn't it you know you've you've spent the time in the in the office in front of a, uh, a computer, you know, just like I have. And um, you get to middle age and, uh, and suddenly you start to think, well, you know, start doing more of the things you like doing. And, uh, you know, it's just a fantastic way to spend time. Absolutely. And Stand Up Paddle just reconnects all of those points. It's wonderful. So I love it. Um, so, yeah, so at the moment what I'm doing here in Portugal is I'm running my um, stand-up paddle school called algarvesup.com, and it's going really well. It's in the initial stages. We're looking at the first year here. Um, and then I've connected with you about over the Guadiana Challenge, which is a, a trip we'll be doing this uh, fairly shortly. And it's just been amazing to chat to you, and I'm, I'm really happy that we started this podcast because, you know, it's been it's been fantastic it's been really good fun already and i'm really looking forward to the guests that we'll have on we've got so we've got quite a few books and there's some really interesting people that um that we're going to get to chat to shortly uh yeah and if you uh have an interesting story out there not you simon but our guests out there if If you have an interesting story that you'd like to share with us, please get a get a hold of us. It's uh, aloha at subfm.com. And we'd, we'd really be keen to to chat to you and have you on the podcast. And uh, um, Laird Hamilton, if you're listening, I'm sure you are, uh, we'd like to get you on as well. So uh, Yep, we're, we're tr- you're on our list. Exactly. We're trying any which way at the moment. But for the, uh, the godfather of SUP, we, we certainly would like to have you on. And that goes for Dave Kalama as well. He'd be a good one too. I'm sure he's listening as well. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Great. Well, thanks very much, Simon. It's been uh, Hopefully it's been a little bit uh, illuminating for you guys out there to know exactly who we are, where we're coming from. So in future episodes, you'll know who the guys are asking the questions. Because we don't profess to be experts by any manner of means. We hope to learn from all our interviewees. Yeah, and pass that on um, to everyone out there and, and certainly we want to um not be eurocentric uh, we're looking for people all over the world because 
everyone on every continent uh, are enjoying it and uh, the more people we can connect with the better great so <laughs> this is our big sign that's, off that's our big sign off yeah. awesome wasn't it Excellent. okay should we do a sign off now I have to edit this damn it <laughs> no, keep it all in that's okay Okay. Well, maybe not. Well, thank you very much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week with Sup FM. Yes. I can't quite emulate our uh, our friend Phil, who's going to do the the sign out intro. You got to hear this. It's it's coming up any second now. About now. Thank you for listening to Sup FM, the number one podcast for stand up paddlers wherever you are. If you like what you've heard, please leave us a review on iTunes. Until then. We'll see you on the water.